plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are locked on Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com and CBSSports.com networks. First of all, thank you for listening. I truly appreciate that. If you have not done so already, you can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and our Android app. You can check out the rest of the great Locked On Podcast Network, the fastest-growing podcast network in the world. That includes Locked On NFL, Locked On NFL Draft, and Locked On Fantasy. And please check out my website, the one that pays the bills around here, PackerReport.com. I'm wrapping up my position grades this week, and I will have later today Keith Rorting's 22nd annual Packer Report Awards. For today's podcast, we'll be going back to our position-by-position reviews, finishing off the offense with the offensive line. One quick note, though, before we get rolling on that. With Atlanta blowing that gigantic lead in the Super Bowl, that means Green Bay will not be playing the season-opening game. That, of course, always goes to the Super Bowl champion. The Patriots will do that. And New England does not play Green Bay this year. Um, in that, like Green Bay's opponents, in case you've forgotten, at home will be Chicago, Detroit, and Minnesota, New Orleans and Tampa Bay from the NFC South, Baltimore and Cincinnati from the AFC North, and then they get the NFC West champion, Seattle. The road teams, Chicago, Detroit, Minnesota, Atlanta and Carolina from the NFC South, Cleveland and Pittsburgh from the NFC North, or excuse me, from the AFC North, and Dallas, the NFC East champion. So, once again, the Packers play at Dallas, and they play in Atlanta. All right, let's get to that O-line, shall we? Really a tremendous, tremendous year. If you consider they, the, the, all the changes at running back, and ultimately they went with the wide receiver running back, and you consider how Aaron Rodgers plays the game and the amount of pressure that puts on the offensive lineman to, to, to protect him for three, four, five seconds, often not knowing where Rodgers is going to be. I mean, just... Just imagine yourself playing left tackle like David Bakhtiari. You got your guy blocked. You're not letting him move um, upfield into your right, which is where the quarterback is supposed to be stationed. But then all of a sudden, Rodgers runs to the left, and now the position where you're trying to block him is where the defender wants to go. Just imagine how hard that is. And those guys did a great job with that all season long. Run blocking-wise, football, football outsiders has some really, really good data here, and you know, a lot of football outsider stuff confuses me, and, I, and I, I'm stats guy. I, I don't, I don't understand DVOA and DABC and ABC one two three and all that stuff. But I do, I do understand yards. I'm pretty, good, I'm, I'm pretty good handling stuff like yards. So they they broke down running plays, um, kind of basing it on how much the offensive line was to credit for. Um, which I thought was kind of a, a good a good tool. Run blocking wise, they had Green Bay's old line ranked 19th, which seems about right, don't you think? 
you know, on a, on a down the down basis, I don't think the line. I don't think the running game was great. But if you I mean at the end of the season, their yards per carry was like sixth in the league, and you know some of that was Ty Montgomery's breakaway stuff. But the Green Bay's old line ranked nineteenth in run blocking. And in the in the big downfall here, look, we all knew this, right? Their power ranking, which is converting on um, third and one and fourth and one, or third and one and third and two. Third and third and fourth down and one or two yards. How's that sound? So that's a, it's a better way to explain that. Um, Green Bay's power ranking was 30th. They succeeded just 49% of the time, which is a... I think you thought that, right? I mean, I, I don't think that number comes as any surprise. If it's third and one, probably a coin flip that Green Bay actually converts that. And they ranked right in the middle of the pack on stuffs. Stuffs is a, uh, a stat from stats. Um, which means a running a running play um, stopped at or behind the line of scrimmage. So it's not quite a tackle for loss. They, they include zero-yard runs in that, too. And Green Bay ranked right in the middle of a pack on that. Where Green Bay's old line excelled all year was protecting Rodgers. Um, Football Outsider says Green Bay's old line ranked 11th in that regard. Uh Pro Football Focus had Green Bay's O-line ranked number one all season long on pass protection. And to me, it starts with David Bakhtiari. You know, when you give a, a young guy a big contract, there's always that slightest bit of fear. Well, how's he going to handle being rich? I mean, you've played your first four seasons in hopes of getting this contract. So now, now that you've got this contract, what is that going to do to the player? And we have seen guys in all sports get that big payday and then get fat and happy, so to speak. And David Bakhtiari got a four-year, $48 million contract very early in the season. Bakhtiari responds to that by being voted to the All-Pro team and then ultimately being awarded Pro Bowl honors after some guys dropped out. A tremendous year, according to stats, Bakhtiari allowed three sacks and was penalized five times, and three of those are for holding. From his prior three seasons, he allowed six and a half sacks per season and was penalized nine times, including six for holding. That's right, six holding calls per year on average for Bakhtiari in 2013, 14, and 15. This year, only three, and the sack count cut in half. Again, he has got a hard, hard task. The left tackle week after week faces the, the opponent's number one pass rusher. That wasn't true against Atlanta, but it's true to with every other opponent. You get the number one guy. And in Green Bay, they're not helping. Mike McCarthy's scheme depends on, on the tackles winning their blocks. And, that's what, and that is what goes unnoticed, I think, with Bakhtiari. He's not getting a chip from the running back. You know, Ty Montgomery's not running out into his route, but first he's, you know, throwing a shoulder into the guy. They're not flat out keeping another guy in to protect. They're not keeping the tight end in. And Bakhtiari beats all these guys one and one. And that allows McCarthy to send five guys out on routes. And that obviously gives you a huge advantage when you get five out on route rather than, you know what? On this play, Jared Cook, you got to stay in a block because your left tackle stinks. They're not saying that here. So Bakhtiari is a tremendous player, even when you look behind the stats. And, and there's nothing new here. I mean, Bakhtiari's been that guy for his, his entire career. 
no different than Chad Clifton was. You know, he's he is the the guy on the left side, and he, you are expected to win, and he wins snap after snap after snap after snap. Um, Pro Football Focus has a stat called pass blocking efficiency, and that measures sacks, quarterback hits, and quarterback hurries, and divides that by pass blocking attempts to get to get a number. And Bakhtiari ranked number one in, among all tackles, left or right, in that in that stat. And where Bakhtiari took the biggest stride forward was run blocking. You know, a lot of a lot of left tackles are in this league to pass protect. I mean, just like tight ends are in the, in this league to run pass routes, left tackles are in this league to pass protect. But you know what? You go to the NFL stats site, and you, and you look at the rushing averages around left end and, and behind left tackle. Green Bay, the number one rushing average behind left tackle, and number 13 around left end. Obviously, that is not just a Bakhtiari stat. Obviously, if you're running behind left tackle, you need your left guard to block well there, too. And maybe there's a tight end there, and you need him to block, too. You know, left end, maybe that's Bakhtiari, maybe that's the tight end, maybe it's Ripkowski leading the way, but number one behind Bakhtiari and number 13 around left end. So really a tremendous all-around season by Bakhtiari. And, you know, he was a steal this year, even with the new contract. He And then you, you look at 2017, his cap number, $6.17 million dollars. That only ranks only 19th in the league. So he's a steal, and that's why in my Packer Report grades, which I uh, grade on a salary cap curve, I gave Bakhtiari an A+. His cap number for 2016 was only $4 million, and that ranked 23rd among tackles. Imagine any position getting, and especially, especially a premium position, but imagine any position where your starter is making peanuts, relatively speaking, but you are getting caviar-level play, and Bakhtiari certainly provided that. All right, takes us to left guard Lane Taylor. I've criticized Thompson a few times this year. Um, criticized him hard for a few things this year. One of them was how he decided to change punchers to the guy who wasn't very good in Tampa. Well, I was wrong on that. Jacob Shum had a really good year, and he got better and better as the year went on. So I was wrong about that. Obviously, I hammered Thompson for how he handled the cornerback situation. And I was right on that. I didn't really criticize him for cutting Josh Sitton, other than um, if you if you could have traded Sitton, you would have gotten something. And if you let, what if you and if you would have let Sitton play this year and let him walk in free agency at this offseason, you would have gotten a very, very good compensatory draft pick for the 2018 draft. So Thompson deserves blame for how he handled Josh Sitton. But he deserves no blame whatsoever for the results of that trade. Or not trade, that that decision. Lane Taylor, his salary cap charge was less than a quarter of Sitton's. When is the last time you went to a Packer game worried about Lane Taylor? For me, it was week one against Jacksonville, and then somewhat week two against Minnesota. Because he had good opponents in both those matchups. And after Taylor um, got through those games unscathed, he thought, shoot, this guy's fine. And he was fine. Not great, but I don't think anyone, I mean, certainly no one no one at the Packers, 
was concerned about letting uh, was concerned about Lane Taylor regardless. Of the photo. now he certainly wasn't great. Um, and it's interesting to compare sitting sitting in thirteen games, no sacks, penalized six times, all six are holding. Taylor played all sixteen games. He allowed two sacks compared to sitting zero, four penalties compared to sitting six, two holding penalties compared to sitting six. That's pretty good. Um, Pro Football Focus had him ranked twenty eighth among all guards. So considering there are you know roughly sixty four starting guards, well there are you know sixty four you know they included don't know a fifty percent playing time threshold so it's, it's probably sixty four guards in there that sitting that that uh not sitting that Taylor ranked twenty eighth in pass protection you got you got slightly above average play and on runs behind left guard again this is not just a left guard stat that could have been the center it could have been the fullback it could have been Bakhtiari. Green Bay ranked 28th in average, so below average there. Um, slightly above average pass protection. But for for the amount of money that you spent on Taylor, I, th- I think that production w- was perfectly good, and, and I think he is an answer going final. I don't think there's any reason for the Packers to go into this draft thinking about, we need to replace Lane Taylor. I would say that's probably not on their radar. The center, Corey Lindsley. Here's a steal. He ranked 44th in salary cap money this year. Again, there are 32 starters. He ranked 44th. So he's getting, you know, he's around 12th among backups in center pay. He is really good. Obviously, you know, I think you probably know um, Lindsley's story. Um, J.C. Treadwell was supposed to be the starting center in 2014. He gets hurt in the preseason. Lindsley steps in the lineup. Seattle's Bruce Irving going in that 2014 opener jokes that he is praying for Corey, Corey Lindsley's safety. <laughs> One of the all-time, in retrospect, just funny as all get out. We're praying for his safety. Seattle's so confident they're going to beat the hell out of this rookie who didn't, who took exactly zero first-team reps in the preseason. Well, Lindsley was won that game, and he's won every game, and he ends up. Injuring his hamstring during his offseason training, and Shredder starts the first seven games of the year, whatever it was. Lindsley steps right back in the lineup and, and doesn't miss a beat. Lindsley is just really good. Nine starts, no sacks, one penalty, and that was for holding. Pretty good play, and he is. What you like about him over Shredder is he's strong. I mean, he is not. I mean, other than when uh, one of those guys from Atlanta, uh, da, 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 Rashid Hageman, Rashid Hageman ran him over, and he had that um, by the ankle sack of Rodgers. Where if you're, if you're you're thinking, if you're, why didn't you move when you're when you're watching that? Speaking of Rodgers, why didn't you get the hell get? Why not you get the hell out of the way on that? But that was a pretty rare thing to watch Lindsay just get crushed. A really, really, really good fifth-round pick. He is the starting center in this team, no doubt about it, going forward. Strong enough to win the run game. I gave him the pass numbers. No sacks in nine games. He had an average of two sacks in his first two years. He's a, he's a terrific player. And he will be the starting center of this team going forward. Right guard TJ Lang. What do you say about TJ's season? The guy's as tough as they come. 
We had off-season hip, yeah, man. Off-season shoulder surgery. Then he breaks his foot, misses three games, comes back in line. Of course, of course, his foot's not better, right? I mean, his foot didn't heal in three games. He, three games, ah, good enough. He's back in the lineup. One and a half sacks, two penalties, one for holding. Uh, according to Pro Football Focus, he ranked fourth among guards in pass protection. And when he was out of the lineup, the Packers running game was uh, two-tenths of a yard worse than when he was in the lineup. So, I mean, two-tenths of a yard, that's that's pretty significant. You're talking, I think in the case of Lang, I think it was uh, 4.3 yards per carry to 4.1. I mean, that's a pretty significant deal. Obviously, Lang's a free agent. And we've talked about this in the free agency podcast we did, what, two weeks ago now? What do they do with Lang? So, obviously, he had injuries. Again, he had the shoulder surgery, the broken foot. He had hip surgery um, on Friday. So you, you got a guy who's 29 and seems to be battling some pain, some injuries. And you, are, now, are those bad luck injuries or are those in, the injuries of a guy who's breaking down? And that is what Ted Thompson needs to f- figure out because Lang's going to get paid. I mean, so, someone in this league... Who needs a right guard for a couple years? Who thinks they got a chance to run a championship? They're going to pay him. Is Ted Thompson going to pay him? And we saw how he handled sitting. Is is he going to get paid by Thompson, or can Thompson somehow persuade TJ that this is a great theory, which I also mentioned a couple weeks ago? I approached my uh, Rob Reichel of Packers Plus during our, our long car ride to Atlanta. Is it possible that you can persuade Lang that two years in Green Bay is better than a four-year contract you signed somewhere else because, you know what, you're a veteran guy. You might get cut after two years anyway. There is no guarantee that you finish any contract. And and as an older guy, I hate to say that he's an older guy at 29, but as as an older guy, obviously the chances of you getting cut at the end of a contract are much stronger. So if you're Thompson, can you persuade Lang that two years here might be worth the same as four years someplace else? Now, TJ likes it here. He said he wants to be here. You know, he's raising his family here. That's all well and good. A lot of guys have raised families here and have left. I mean, not just here. A lot of guys have raised families and then chased money or a better opportunity or, or a longer contract somewhere else. So... Yeah, that matters. I don't know how much it matters. I mean, I can't get inside of his head. I don't I have no idea if he would settle for less to stay here. If you're agreeing with it, it's got to be the hope. I, I find it hard to believe that Thompson's going to give him four years. Unless the medical staff is convinced that these injuries really have nothing to do with uh, you know the rigors of playing eight NFL seasons. They certainly need him because they have nobody. Nobody. N-O-B-O-D-Y. Nobody. Capable of replacing him on this roster. And it certainly is not J.C. Treader. Treader's not going to play card. So, yeah, you want Lang back at the right price, I suppose. Right tackle, Brian Balaga. Finally, the guy stayed healthy, played all 16 games for the first time in his career, 16 starts. He was great. Three and a half sacks, five penalties, only one for holding. His average from the previous three seasons was five sacks compared to three and a half and 4.7 penalties compared to, th- to five. 
but 2.7 holdings compared to one. And those numbers were even while missing an average of uh, four games per season during those three years. Uh, Belaga ranked 14th among all tackles, not just right tackles, but 14th among all tackles in pro football focuses, pass blocking, efficiency metric. And Green Bay's right side running game, 14th behind right tackle, 10th around right end. So a really good year by Belaga. You know, it used to be the right tackle would face lesser rushers, and, and that certainly is true. Against Atlanta, he faced Beasley. I, I think there, there are teams that, you know, I, I think there are, there are more defenses that look at O-line play and figure, well, if, if the opponent's left tackle is your best guy, why don't we put our best guy over the opponent's right tackle? So, I mean, Bug is seeing more of that. And look, there, there are more just good pass rushers in this league anyway. I mean, especially you got... You know, pass rushing packages and all that. So a heck of a year by Balaga. And I think with the, his injury history, I think there was some concern that, is he going to finish his contract? I think that, I think those answers are, I think the question's probably been answered here. Now, if you were to lose Lang, do you move Balaga to right guard? I mean, he certainly would play it and play it well. I mean, otherwise, I, I think Balaga's the right tackle here for, for the rest of this contract for sure. Heck, heck of a good year. Because if you do move Blaga to guard, you could stick Jason Spriggs at right tackle. And that's next in our uh, review here. Spriggs started two games as a rookie, both at guard in place of Lang. Eh, he was fine. Spriggs is not a guard. Spriggs is not going to replace Lang in the starting lineup. And if they do, that's a bad move. Spriggs, 6'6", which is too tall for a guard. 301 pounds, which is not big enough for a guard. And ultimately, when, when Green Bay needed a guard in the in the Atlanta playoff game, was not Spriggs, it was Lane Taylor. Or not Lane Taylor, it was his, uh, Don Barkley who jumped in the lineup. You want him playing 238 snaps, including 183 during a four-game stretch week 10 through 13, when at one point Bakhtiari was hurt, another point uh, Balaga was hurt, another point where he had to start for those two games for Lang. And then a whole bunch of snaps as an extra tight end. One sack, three penalties, one for holding during that span. Interestingly, according to the NFL data, Green Bay's run game, when Spriggs is in the lineup, averaged 1.93 yards less per carry. That tells you all you about. I think that stat tells you all you need to know about if Spriggs has to play guard. Now, as far as him being a tackle, I think he's got a chance to be a really good one. But where does he play? Blog is under contract through 19. And Bakhtiar is under contract through 2020. So Spriggs is under contract through 2019 as well. I mean, there's a chance the second-round pick might never play, other than on injuries. Now, obviously, who knows? You know, they could cut Blog at any minute. or they could, they, maybe, they, maybe they will move him to guard. But... Interesting. <laughs> Spriggs, in theory, might never play as a second-round pick, and you know, there's no knocking the draft pick. I mean, you, you look. I mean, look how different things were in the draft. Bakhtiari was not signed, and there's no guarantee you were going to get him signed. Remember, it, it takes two to sign a contract, right? I mean, you you can offer Bakhtiari a contract extension, which Green Bay didn't, and he ultimately signed it. But as a player, you don't have to sign it. 
you can, uh, you know, test your luck in free agency and see if you can get more money. So there's no guarantee there, but they did sign him. But again, there's no guarantee Green Bay is going to be able to sign Bakhtiari. And there's no guarantee Belago is going to stay healthy or would be able to over the long haul. So there's no questioning the merit and the need of drafting a tackle. At this point, though, the guy might not play. Very interesting. All right, we, might, we mentioned Don Barclay before. We might also talk about him now, too. He started one game at guard. That was the Washington game. He gets hurt, hurts his shoulder in pregame. So he ends up playing very poorly, and that's why Spriggs replaced him in the lineup. I know most of you guys do not like Barkley as a player. He's a free agent, and I'm sure all you guys want him to walk. But that said, if he plays guard, you're fine. It's all the, I mean, he, he started 19 games at tackle in his first three years. 19 starts, 20 sacks. That's awful. But look, the guy's not a, the guy shouldn't be a starting tackle. He should be a backup guard and an emergency tackle. And obviously Spriggs gets rid of the emergency tackle part of it. And I think you're good at guard with him. I do. I, I think he's a darn good backup because he could play guard. Heck, the guy could play center. And you know what? If, if they let J.C. Treader walk in free agency, and we'll get to Treader here in a second, maybe he's the guard center backup. You could do a lot worse than Barkley. I like him. He's cheap. He's no-nonsense. For what he is and in the right spot and if used correctly, I think Barkley's a good player. Not saying you don't want to draft a guard or center to, to push him for that job, but if I'm Green Bay, I'm, I'm keeping Barkley. No question about it. J.C. Treader, maybe the guy with the worst luck in the entire world. Now, I thought um, um, James Starks was the unluckiest man in the world. The, you know, not, not the world's most interesting person, the Dosecki's guy. And the new Dosecki's guy is weird. He does, he does not look interesting. The, the old guy, you know, with the gray hair and beard, I, I thought he seemed more interesting. I don't like Dosecki's anyways. Now, if Dosecki's wants to advertise in this podcast, I would be happy to drink it. But, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think they want to advertise. But if someone from their ad agency is listening, I am all ears and all taste buds. Although if I'm having a Mexican beer, that Negro Modelo, the dark is uh, quite good. Anyways, off tangent here, J.C. Shredder. Oh, yeah, we're talking about guys who are cursed. I thought James Starks was. I remember talking to James Starks a couple years ago. It was, it was the season-ending um, locker room, and he was there. I talked to him, and I said, do you feel cursed? I mean, the guy's always hurt. Over stupid stuff, too. And he almost broke down crying. Kind of a legendary interview with, with Lori Nickel from the Journal Sentinel. A couple of his lip was quivering. I mean, it, it really, look, I felt bad for the guy. I mean, it wasn't a mean question. I, you know, you, some points you, you feel for these guys. They put their heart and soul into something, and they get, and they get hurt. Anyways, J.C. Treader might be the uh, world's uh, most... Not interesting, man. The world's uh, most unlucky football player. 2013, he's a fourth-round draft pick. First day of OTAs, ankle injury during a ball security drill, a ball, a, f- a fumble recovery drill. Hurts his ankle. Uh, season is basically over. 2014, he is handed the starting job. Uh, Jeff Saturday is, is gone. He is flat-out handed the starting job. It is not a competition with, with Corey Lindsley. Lindsley got exactly zero snaps at the starters. This is J.C. Treader's job. He does fine. 
hurts his knee in the third preseason game. Eh, season's basically over. 2015, Lindsay, of course, played so well in 2014 that Shredder gets no chance to be the starter in 2015. Finally, Lindsay gets hurt. Door open for Shredder plays darn good. In seven starts, two sacks, two penalties, uh, one for holding. Played really well. Then he gets hurt. <laughs> and that's and that's that uh, he ultimately had knee surgery um, before the NFC Championship game. Treader's a free agent. He's played well enough. I think he gets paid to start someplace at center, and, and he wisely takes that opportunity. So he's not going to start at center. I mean, this is Corey Lindsley's job. So he's not going to start at center. I think he's underpowered to play guard. And he can get you by in a pinch of tackle. I mean, he is one of those interesting guys. He's a center, or he's probably a right tackle, but he's not a guard. I think I think he's just I just don't think he's strong enough to play guard. So I'd assume I would assume Shredder is gone in free agency this year. They'll go get a starting job, and you know what? If you're Shredder, you hope he's changes series means means a change of luck. And last but least, not last but not least, but last but least, sixth round pick Kyle Murphy. Barely played, didn't have to play. I have no idea. I couldn't tell you a thing. I could, seriously couldn't tell you a thing about him. You know, other than training camp, he, he was not very good in training camp. Um, he was one of those Stanford guys, so he he had to go finish school. So he missed basically all the off season. So put him a little bit behind. Um, yes, I mean he was an All American at Stanford, which is against damn good competition and against you know damn good athletes. As he left tackle. But, I mean, he, he didn't play during the season. Eight snaps on offense, 12 snaps. Or excuse me, eight snaps on offense, three snaps on special teams. So he, he played exactly 11 snaps this year. Um, and, we, you know, we don't get to watch enough of practice during the season to really get any feel if he got better. I, I, I assume he got better. I mean, you almost get better by default. But I, I have no idea to tell you if he can push for a roster spot, if he could play guard next year. Couldn't tell you. Obviously, is a All-American from Stanford. Certainly, certainly some upside there. All right, and that will do it for this episode of Lockdown Packers. Thank you, as always, for listening. I truly, truly appreciate that. On to the defense tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst.